Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I'm going to throw another name at your Wilds, who probably, you know, seems more Patriot-esque as far as their history with skill position guys. I wonder if Adam Thielen's available. That team stinks. They need draft picks. AJ He's Green. on a very reasonable contract. No, AJ no. AJ Green, I worry about the injuries, but the, you, you, you don't care help. about Thielen. You just wilds. You just no, want to. You're like that was Nick Wright from uh, Fox Sports One, just wildly speculating on Adam Thielen. But you know what? Now that the Vikings have traded Unique Ngakwe, I don't know if you're a veteran player and you want to go win a Super Bowl somewhere in the next couple of years, you might want to put a phone call into Rick Spielman. I don't know that Adam Thielen's on that list, but we will throw out some other trades the Vikings should explore. And some players, one in particular that's being rumored uh, that they could maybe look to acquire. And we'll bring our friend from Pro Football Focus, Eric Eager, into the show. But Declan, uh, when the Vikings start uh, start firing up the trade treadmill, mm-hmm. we start firing up the Corona Hard Seltzers, baby. Get your popcorn and seltzers ready. I think our boy Nick Wright had a couple Corona Hard Seltzers before delivering that Adam Thielen take on, on first things first. I mean, my uh, goodness. Thielen's dude. the most Patriots player ever, though. He is, but he's the most Patriots player ever. Uh, he's also employed by the most Vikings player ever in that he's from here. And did you guys know he's from here, by the way? I don't know if you knew oh, that. Oh, he is from here. Uh, he went did to you go Mankato to State. Here? Yeah, Purple Cows. Go, go, go Mavs. Uh, but... I don't know what happens in Mankato. I don't know what happens with Nick Wright. But I do know that Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Football. Hey, you had the 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? They need to trade Kirk Cousins and start over. Who would take Kirk at this salary? Who would take Kirk Cousins at a guaranteed rate of this? Nobody. Who would who would say I'll take Kirk Cousins at 30 million guaranteed per? I don't think they're gonna win wind up with one win either. The team that almost won in Seattle for some reason, just pooped the bed against Atlanta. I don't know what it is. They're inconsistent. They're on a bye, right? Minnesota's on a bye. And then they come back at Green Bay. And they could lose the season series from them. And then that's a big, huge problem. But I still think that there's winnable games for them the rest of the way here. All right, Rich Eisen with his optimistic spin on the Viking season to this point. That's not a problem at all. (laughs) 
No, I go think, pack go. Yeah, I think uh, I think rooting for short term loss for long term gain is the, is the path to be on here. And uh, this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing and joining us for this episode, our friend Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. And Eric, it's funny, you know, we're putting together show plans today, and you know, what can we what can we get into? We, you know, we definitely want to dive into you know players the Vikings should look to trade. And as we're about to fire up some episodes, boom, Unique Ngakwe gets dealt for a third round pick and a conditional fifth to the Baltimore Ravens. So let's let's start with one quick thing on that, and then there's Daniil Hunter news, and then we'll talk about potential trades the Vikings should explore. So for you guys, Rick Spielman jumped on a Zoom call with local media right after the trade was announced. And he did confirm when they made the trade with the Jaguars for a second-round pick and a conditional fifth, they did think that Daniil Hunter was going to play this season. So the initial vision was for those guys to be bookend edge rushers, get after quarterbacks, and make life a little easier on those rookie cornerbacks. And after they acquired Ngakwe, they start to feel the ramifications of of the tweaked neck being more than just a tweaked neck, and so if that, I don't know if that makes it any easier to swallow for Vikings fans, but um, that's how they go from a second round pick to a third round pick in a roundabout way. That doesn't that make it worse though, because Hunter's one of the most underpaid superstars in the NFL. There's a small chance that Ningakwe emerges as the Vikings' best edge player this year. But there's almost a 100% chance that on the open market, he's going to make more than Hunter, which would trigger an extension for Hunter that makes Hunter the highest paid player in the league. And on a team that's sort of up against it, right, having to make a lot of tough decisions, you know, almost cutting their left tackle in the preseason because, you know, they, they're they having a difficult time affording things. Like, that doesn't reassure me at all. That means that they're even further away from understanding what this all is than 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 we are like you know we were perplexed you know trading digs made sense until they extended kirk right uh you know um letting some you know letting long-standing stalwarts like Rhodes and and joseph and all those guys go makes sense until you franchise tag anthony harris like none of these things make a ton of sense and i feel like this was the best move the vikings have made in a long time it just self-owns like all of the things that they've been doing for the past six months. So let's talk talk about what I like to call, Eric, acceptance of your fate, okay? B- because the people who run the Vikings have a real problem at times accepting their destiny. Yeah. Um, they fight it. They basically say, you know, Mike or Rick says no, or or the Wilfs say, no, we can win now. It's like, hey, can you really? I don't think so. Um, what today's trade, the, the thing that, that you said, and I agree with completely, is today's trade signifies to me the start of accepting your fate um, and the the only problem that I still have, or the biggest one, is this. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that I can get my head around the Kirk extension in March. The, not the original contract, to be clear, okay? Two very different things. One was shooting your shot. What One was making a bad situation worse. The only thing I can't get past, if I'm the Wilfs, is the Kirk contract extension, because it still puts you in this purgatory to salary cap hell for quite some time with a quarterback who I, I don't care if if you're you and you crunch the statistics and you come and tell me, Judd, here is X, Y and Z definitively. Or if it's me talking to you and I say, I haven't crunched a number this year, but you know what? The eye test tells me he's awful. That's the one thing I can't get past, and that's the one thing that I don't know how it can be justified. And that's where if Rick's job ultimately is in trouble, I can see why the people that trust Rick say, 
what was going on there? Like just to get some more salary cap room, really? It felt like like a couple that was on like you know on marriage strife for you know three or four years went on vacation. The New Orleans game was they go on vacation and then they get pregnant, right? Just to try to salvage the relationship. <laughs> that that was that was the Kirk Cousins extension, and I am just like, and now you're stuck. You know, you have this long term commitment to the guy. What should we name really him, no honey? Getting out of it. What should we name him, honey? Uh, I don't care. Here's your paper. Yeah. I never wanted this quarterback anyway. <laughs> you take care of him. You change his diaper. Because there, there's so much, Perfect. there was, there was so many things about Kirk that made, like you said, Judd. Like, how much different are the Vikings straights this year if he's a lame duck quarterback? Like, there was, there's no rule saying that you have to extend this guy, especially given the fact that, like, and I know nose tackle is more important in a Zimmer defense, but like, you signed him, you extended him so you could sign Michael Pierce, a guy that's never played 500 snaps in a year, like. You know, all of these things, it's just like they're trying to salvage something. And I, I said this to somebody and I and I was, you know, I, it was it came off as mean. I didn't mean to be mean, but it's like you have to understand what the Vikings are. The Vikings are a team that contends for a Super Bowl once every 10 years. And and they had their shot in 2017. And it's the same thing, just like, you know, the 2010 year, right? Like you covered that team. It was the same stuff, it, you know, something every single day. And what did they do? They got they went three and three down the stretch. And they tried to recreate the magic with Leslie Frazier the following year. And it was a nightmare, right? Like it just didn't make – like accepting who you are is, is part of the issue. And the Vikings are a team that competes once every 10 years. And that just happened. So like yeah. buckle up, settle in. This is like – this is a rebuild situation. And no one is willing to come to grips with that. Vikings fans first in the offseason. But now even their own team is finally starting to round into shape there. But you know what? Here's the thing, Eric, and you know this. You don't have to just compete once every 10 years. You're you're competing once every 10 years because you're trying to build everything else except the quarterback. Like you're right. you've sort of outside of Brett Favre in 2009 and I get they took a shot with Ponder as a first round pick that was a bust and they got unlucky with Teddy maybe but but they have either by their own choice or by bad luck through like Teddy Bridgewater they have sort of been meh at the quarterback position, average to below average, and they're trying to make up for the quarterback deficiencies by building a perfect roster around the quarterback. And it's like it's funny because we sit here and we talk about how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback, and that's right. You want to know what's harder? Getting everything else perfect around the quarterback. So, yeah. so I just think whether you fail or not in 2021's draft, Drafting a quarterback is the right process, and that's the only thing that's going to get you to a point where you are competing more than once every 10 years. Maybe maybe you're like Seattle, and if your offensive line sucks and your defense can't stop any opposing quarterbacks, you still win 11 games and can win a Super Bowl because you have Russell bleeping Wilson. So I just want to tell the Vikings, listen, you guys, Rick, Ziggy, Mark, you're tired. We're all tired. It's been a great run of good football, but if we all want a Super Bowl championship for the first time in Minnesota, you're going to have to take a step back in 2020, 2021 to take two steps forward. And, and, and from the fans to the front office to people with microphones like us, like we all have to just sort of be accepting of it. And we're sitting here and we're not only accepting of it, we're saying gleefully go into a rebuild and find your franchise quarterback. It will be a great exercise and experiment for the franchise. Well, hundred percent. And the thing is, like, we're, you know, I'm I'm in my mid thirties. I've seen this team like 
for an entire decade, they took a different quarterback to the playoffs. McMahon, Moon, uh, Brad Johnson, Randall Cunningham, Jeff George. And then like the, you know, the fight, the, you know, both times they really bought into a young quarterback, the guy tears his knee up, right? Like it, it's a bad luck franchise, but the, it doesn't mean you start hitting on 17s, right? It just doesn't like you still have to play basic strategy. And in the NFL currently, there is no, there, there's nothing that, that supersedes, you know, you, you have two things, elite quarterback on a rookie deal is clearly the nuts. And then a, an elite quarterback on a Mahomes deal is the second best thing you have neither. And there's no way to get into that other position unless you draft a quarterback. Like the Titans are not giving you Ryan Tannehill and you won't want him anyway, because you don't have Arthur Smith. You, they're not like the Falcons aren't giving you Matt Ryan and you don't want him anyway. Cause he stinks. If you have a bad coordinator, like the, the, the goal should be to get a young quarterback, put him into place. And then literally we've seen it with Kansas city. Nothing else matters. Kansas city is starting Mike Remmers at right tackle the other day. They're starting Mike Remmers. He started a guard and moved to right tackle. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It like, so it, it sucks because you know, we, you know, Vikings fans are thinking, okay, we wanted this team to be relevant for years. I get that. Like, especially people that cover the team, they don't want this melees for like 10 years. But the problem is you, they're one in five. They're, they're terrible. And, and by playing it safe in, in many cases, in, the, in this one specifically, like, you know, there was no worse year, I think, in following Minnesota's 2011, which was the exact thing. Like, at least they drafted Ponder, but they kind of went into it with, like, we're going to get a bunch of veterans. We're going to play these veterans. And it's like, what are you doing here? Like, you're you're not fooling anybody. And I think that that's really what this team is. And unfortunately, like, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck for a little bit. Okay, so the answer to your question is this. What they're trying to do from a front office and coaching perspective, Eric, is they're trying to save their jobs because the Wilfs are fans. And the Wilfs and the, the Wilfs say the right thing, which is we want sustained success. What they don't understand is sometimes you have to stink to get there. And so basically to your question, what happens is guys like Spielman and Frazier and Zimmer now – they they basically think, if I can get these veteran guys and coach them up, or I can do, do this and we win, the Wilfs are going to be happy, and I'm going to keep my job. That leads me to this question off of what's currently transpiring here, and I don't know how you jet, uh, jettison Kirk, if that's possible, or when that becomes possible. But where are we at as far as coaching in your mind, um, to your point, about getting the right quarterback, and that changes things? Because I think the one thing that you didn't say is – the quarterback can change things completely if it's a good young player, but the coach becomes incredibly important. And I don't think that Mike is the right guy to basically say, here's the keys to a brand new car. And Mike's like, but I can't drive this car. So where, yeah. where do you think this stands as far as a coaching decision if you do go in the direction we're talking about? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, John. I mean, you look at the teams, the teams that have great offensive minds in the head coaching position are – the long-term sustainable teams. I mean, the New England being the outlier, but their offensive coordinator has stayed the same. They got a lucky situation where their offensive coordinator was so bad as a head coach in Denver that he's added sustained success there. But you look at some of these teams. Atlanta had Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan and made the Super Bowl, and they they, they let Kyle Shanahan go and stuck with the defensive-minded head coach. And we've seen it. Like, they've had, what, three offensive coordinators since then, and none of them have been able to recreate the magic that we saw with Kyle Kyle Shanahan. It's going to happen in Tennessee. Vrabel 
is doing a fine job as that coach. But when Arthur Smith goes and becomes the Falcons or the Houston Texans coach, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be worth that contract. I can just tell you that right now. So having a defensive minded coach, this isn't saying like, I think Zimmer is a really good defensive mind. I think he he's generally speaking, a decent leader of men. He's developed cornerbacks. I think maybe not this year, but like in the past, he's done a pretty good job of that. But just the very nature of having a defensive minded coach means that you have to cycle through coordinators on the regular, right? Kevin Stefanski has the Cleveland Browns four and two for the first time since Bill Belichick, basically like he's gone because you're not willing to make the tough decision and hire him as the head coach. Uh, Pat Shermer had, you know, was amazing with Case Keenum at, at quarterback. He leaves and you're shuffling through and there's no continuity on the offensive side of the ball. And, and what ends up happening is you buy into defense, but we're seeing this all around the league. San Francisco made the Super Bowl based on defense. Well, you get a couple injuries and they're no longer gods on that side of the ball. Um, you know, same thing with Jacksonville. Jacksonville three years ago was the number one defense in the league and now they're all gone, you know, and you can't defensive minded coaches, unfortunately, have a different objective function than the game of football itself does. The game of football itself is you score and you let defense kind of shake, shake out, right? Kansas City did that last year. They improved incrementally on defense and win the Super Bowl. But, but what do they have as their table stakes? great offense like that's really how you win and so it's not an indictment so much on Zimmer as a guy or as a coach it's just the overall philosophy of having a defensive coach which made sense in 2013 when they had the worst defense in the NFL but no longer makes sense in the modern NFL Eric do you still have a few minutes to get into some reckless speculation with us here yeah let's do it okay so let's let's so and and I'll have Judd lead the the list of players that they should still consider trading but let's start out with an interesting article yesterday from NFL.com, and it's it's not someone that you would look at and think like, oh, like reckless speculation guy. Let me hold. Let me let me click the uh... reckless speculation. Let's start out with a guy that the Vikings could potentially trade for as we look at this sort of rebuild, retooling. All right, David Carr, NFL.com, Sam Darnold. The Vikings are in a world of hurt financially when it comes to their rapidly declining quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He signed a two-year, $66 million contract extension in March, but it seems highly unlikely that the team would part ways with him this offseason, given that doing so would result in $41 million in dead money cutting against their salary cap. Might the Vikings trade for a quarterback with a high ceiling who's still playing on his rookie contract? They're going to have to do something because Cousins ain't getting it done. And backup Sean Mannion hardly seems like the answer. So Sam Darnold was dealt in his career so far, all right? He was the third overall pick. He was one of the most highly touted quarterback prospects in a number of years. And he was dealt defensive-minded lame duck head coach Todd Bowles for his rookie year. Then Bowles gets fired. And now he's stuck with Adam Gase. And this is this is no longer David Carr talking. This is Phil Mackey talking, okay? Adam Gase is one of the most fraudulent offensive coaches in recent NFL history. Adam Gase hung around with Peyton Manning at the water cooler once in a while in 2013, and he's been getting jobs ever since because of literally just like being in meetings with Peyton Manning. And so you could make a case that Sam Darnold, once extremely highly touted, you won't have to give up a first-round pick to get him, I would think, especially if the Jets are looking at Trevor Lawrence and going 1-15. Is there something to salvage there? Is there... there is there something that makes you think, okay, that guy could actually be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL and a franchise guy, and he's worth taking a flyer on? Yeah, I mean, what about those things are not true about Jameis Winston? 
That's a valid point. You know, because Winston cost a million dollars this year, three million. I can't remember what it was, but like it's enough. The Vikings are up against it. You know, Darnold, you'd have to make a decision about his option. And like, that's not trivial for the third pick. I, I don't hate the idea for, for honestly, again, this is like the same thing as, you know, the Josh Freeman thing where if he flames out, who cares? Like it, it, at least you got to take a shot. Cause you know what Kirk is, you know, whereas Darnold there, it's the mystery box. It could be anything. So like, I get it. I just wonder like, you know, I've seen a lot more from Jameis and I feel like he's cheaper and we're currently getting that out of Kirk right now. He's leading the league in average depth of target. He's throwing a lot of interceptions. Like why not, you know, uh, at least, you know, uh, you know, come in with, you know, something a little cheaper, a little, uh, you know, with, I think a little bit more upside. I don't hate it. I mean, honestly, they should be taking a flyer on a lot of these young quarterbacks. I have no idea why, you know, Zimmer has, you know, preferred the, the Sean Hills and the, and the Matt Castles and the, you know, the Sean Mannions of the world as the back quarterback. The only one, the only good decision he made was Keenum, and he almost cut the guy for uh, Taylor, uh, Ryan, uh, Heineke, like back in the day. So uh, it makes it makes sense to have a young guy that you could go to because there are some games where Kirk is not watchable, but I'd imagine Mannion would be even worse. My cause for pause there is, is this. Um, who is going to be deciding on the QB position for the future and who's going to be coaching them. Like, I'm not going to bring in Darnold or Jameis now if I'm the Wilfs, and I know that Mike is a lame duck, and Gary is too, and Rick might be. So, basically, I'm not... I'm probably going to hit the pause button until I've decided if this year gets people fired. And if it does, then I go get the new GM. The one thing that I allow Rick to do with impunity is make all the trades for picks that he wants, because I don't care there. So if you trade guys, who cares? But as far as the actual bodies coming into my franchise, I'm going to pause that one until I know who's actually going to be in charge of the decisions. Which brings us to the trade reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. And Eric Eager, I'm not going to insult you or waste your time with cute little names like Harris Reef and Kyle Rudolph because they all should be gone. Okay. Wait, wait real quick. What, what, what could you even get for the like? What you if you had like Kyle Rudolph and Riley Reef together? Get, like, draft can you get a third round pick for? I think that's high. I think Riley Reef actually could net the Vikings a, a draft pick, like a you know third round pick or something. Because you look around the league. And Dallas, I mean, Dallas is probably, you know, competing for the NFC East. McCarthy's probably, you know, desperate. I think Jerry Jones always has his, you know, he, he's always ready for something like that. And you look around the league, like that's the one position I feel like that doesn't grow on trees and even being average, like the difference between a replacement level left tackle and an average one is way bigger than average to Tyron Smith. So you can get, if you can get Reef you know, get a trade for him. That allows you to play as your Cleveland at tackle. That, that allows you to do some things. Maybe, I, mean, I don't know, a third-round pick might be high, but a fourth-round pick, it, you know, wouldn't be cheap, and it could help you accumulate some of the draft capital that you got rid of with Ngakwe. And those three guys should be traded. No question. So, I, so I'm going to get to the sexy names, and I'm going to start with the native son, okay? Reckless speculation. He's 30 years old, and the story has been great, and my God, was he a fantastic find. Adam Thielen, should the Vikings be actively shopping him right now in anticipation of trying to move him before the deadline on Election Day? This is where that came from, by the way. I'm going to throw another name at you, Wilds, who probably, you know, seems more Patriot-esque as far as their history with skill position guys. I wonder if Adam Thielen's available. That team stinks. 
They need draft picks. AJ He's Green. on a very reasonable contract. No, AJ no. AJ Green, I worry about the injuries, but the, you, you, you don't care health. about Thielen. You just wilds. You just no, want to you're, you're like Nick Wright from Fox Sports. That, that is, but by the way, um, thirteen. So point, what is thirteen point five million uh, cap hit for two thousand twenty one that would disappear? Yeah, yeah pre June one, it's uh, it's cheaper to keep him than to cut him. I mean, I I think the new England. What, what's the New England history? Just that he's white at wide yes. receiver. Yes, that that's thing? exactly one hundred percent. I love it. We, I love the code <laughs> word people use. Like, oh, he's he's a very New England. He's more of a New England guy than AJ Green because of right. race. Like, <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, okay, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I yeah, obviously, if you can get a high pick, like what? Like, if they give a second for him, for sure, go for it. Um, you know, last year Muhammad Sanu got a second from the New England Patriots, which was an absolute fleecing by the Falcons. So. Um, if you can get a high pick like that, absolutely go for it. I mean, Thielen's a, a still a good player, but it's clear now that Jefferson is, is going to be the man in Minnesota for some years. So, yeah, go for it. As long as you're committed to putting players around Jefferson in the future, I think that that's a, a pretty good one to go for. Um, you know, even the thing is, is you can't cut him because post even post June 1, you're basically break even on cutting him. Um, you know, next year. So tra- the trade is the option if you ever want to get out from under him in the next you know, little bit here. I would be shocked if the Vikings elected to uh, to trade Adam Thielen. I just think I I think there's definitely a case to be made that, man, if you can get a high draft pick and you're just going to go all in on getting younger and, and building for the next two or three years down the road, like you can make the case, but he's such a Minnesota guy and there's a marketing aspect to it. And actually you could make a football case that, does his skill set age for another five years? Uh, is there sort of a, a Larry Fitzgerald quality of just having a veteran sage possession wide receiver in five years with a star um, in Justin Jefferson? So I hear what you guys are saying. I, I would be shocked if the Vikings themselves decided to trade Adam Thielen. All right, back to Purple Daily in just a moment, but a quick shout out to Federated. Federated is providing peace of mind and insurance for business owners in the state of Minnesota since 1904. If you want frontline protection, peace of mind, if you want expertise and someone standing right next to you side by side, either during a pandemic year or once we emerge from all of this, Federated is the place for you. Check out their website, federatedinsurance.com, for trusted resources and their Twitter account, at federatedins, for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics, and uh, and make sure that you uh, talk to your local marketing representative, too, about how Federated can help your business. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I think it makes a lot more sense to trade somebody like Harrison Smith, which which I talked about on you guys' airwaves in the early part of the year, because the thing with Harrison is that he's a great player individually, but defense, as we find out, takes a village. And, you know, and you need to you need to build that somehow. And having an elite player there, to me, loses its value substantially when there aren't, you know, 10 other good players around him. What could Harrison Smith uh, get you back at the deadline, do you think? Like, see, like Jamal Adams got two first round picks. I feel like, you know, Smith is obviously a lot older, but he has some of those similar characteristics. You know, a team like Baltimore is now stockpiling picks that you have a relationship with clearly. I mean, you gave him a fifth round pick for a kicker. You know, you, you can probably like get, you know, a third or fourth or some combination of those, which again, I think Smith, we're seeing some decline, but, but he, in a position, in a defense where there's a lot of other good players, I think he could be a, a, 
you know, that, that half a win that he might get you in the second half of the year is worth a lot more yep. when you're, you're, that half win gets you the buy than it does when for Minnesota, which is going to take them from three and a half wins to four. So I think that that's really like, you, you can convince a team that Harrison Smith is a difference maker, I think. I, that's that's my phone call to the Ravens is actually you guys come on we gave you a fifth round pick for a kicker that we that we cut out of training camp for God's sakes you owe us one give here's us my, a first here's my question is is Thielen more a Patriot or is Smith more a Baltimore player like wow. Harrison Harrison Smith playing for the Ravens it makes seems sense. almost as perfect as Thielen as a Patriot. Grow a beard out. Yeah. And it's not because he's he's white. It's because the Ravens love safeties, man. And they yeah, love grizzled old safeties. Yeah. They love versatility. So last year, yeah. um, Chuck Clark and Earl Thomas both rushed the passer over a hundred times uh on blitzes. And that, you know, that's Smith. I mean, he he's just a player who, you know, you, he can cover tight ends, he can cover slots, he can play deep in the deep middle part, he can blitz. And when you are a defense that has good component parts on the other side that can cover up for some of the things that Harrison's doing, that's a great defense. When you're a defense whose corners can't cover rudimentary routes, like that's, you know, almost a liability to some degree. And, and, you know, so I think he makes a lot of sense there. I think San Francisco is another one where he can make sense. Um, You know, some of these teams that, you know, think that they're, I mean, even, even Seattle, frankly, like they lost, uh, you know, I think Marquise Blair, the, they could move Quadri Diggs to nickel. Like, all these contenders could really use safeties. And safeties are bigger difference makers in the NFL than, than I think we're led to believe. So I'm actually just on profootballfocus.com right now looking at, like, who are the good teams with crappy safeties? Could Is New Orleans? New Orleans is uh, is showing up on this list at the bottom for me. That could be another one. And, they, and they've done a lot. So last year in the in December and January, they picked up both Janoris Jenkins and DJ Swearinger. So they clearly understand the, the value of depth in the secondary and have made Eli Apple was a guy they traded for in the middle of two seasons ago. Uh, you know, they, they have veteran depth in the secondary. And so they, they could welcome Smith. Oh. The issue with the Saints is they have no room under the cap. Here's another one. All right. Oh, this is fun. Oh, this is great. You guys, this reckless speculation session here. Inject this into my veins. Reckless speculation. So, uh, so Honey Badger in Kansas City could use uh, a cohort. It, who's the other safety? And could you imagine Harrison Smith and the Honey Badger roaming around in the same secondary? Yeah, they have. Um, they had Juan Thornhill as a second round pick out of Virginia, okay. Virginia Tech last year, and then they have Dan, Dirty Dan Sorensen, the uh, <laughs> okay. the Mormon safety from BYU. Uh, you know, again, a Patriot for sure. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Dirty Dan Sorensen. All right. Who else? Do we have anyone else on the, who the Vikings uh, trade list? No, just Reef, Reef, Harris, and Kyle. And th- those guys should be traded. I mean, th- that's, n- that's not tough. Those trades aren't tough, right? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. As long as they're not holding out for a first or second round pick. I mean, this team is going to be rebuilt with third and fourth round picks, right? Yes. Like it's not going to be. You know, the, this team, it, it was so much different. Like people, and I don't know what you guys think about this, but I thought Zimmer was endowed with so much. You know, you had two first-round picks in 2012, Khalil and, and Harrison Smith. You had three first-round picks in 2013, Patterson, uh, Floyd, and Rhodes. You had two first-round picks in 2014 with Bridgewater and Barr. And and then 2015, you had Waynes. Like, you had a stockpile of high draft picks, and – like the, the, the frustrating thing about the Frazier Vikings where they were just a player or two away, right? They made the playoffs in 2012 and they, they 
you know, they lost Winfield. They lost a couple players, and a team hit the fan. This is a different rebuild. They they need to start. This is like O2 Mike Tice rebuild. Like they don't have any players on that side of the ball. And I so I feel like if the Vikings are are smart and 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 settle for third and fourth round picks in these trades. That's the first step to rebuilding this roster. What if you potentially tell Rick, you know what, Rick, go ahead, trade the vets for picks. You love to have picks. Now you got 15 again. Oh, goody. You blow Rick out, and you allow the new GM, and this is the rebuild, baby. This is it. With all of that draft capital to make a draft day trade or draft time trade okay, Kevin with the Jets, with the Jets to get the top pick, and you're going to have to give up a ton here. Because because you have convinced and know behind the scenes that Trevor Lawrence has told the Jets, I'm not playing for you. I'm coming out, and you can draft me, but you ain't going to get me, okay? The Elway deal. If you're the Vikings, I got to think it's a pretty, if it's done right, it's a pretty attractive place to come. But, Eric, if you can answer that question. So, like, if you say, we drafted Trevor Lawrence, you have potentially answered a question that, you have not answered since Tarkington for the next eight to ten years. So I, I love the idea of draft capital, not to use it to draft guys, but to once Rick has been fired, have the new person make that pick. And now if you have your quarterback of the future, the whole dynamic can change fairly quickly. Absolutely, and it's why, and I know the Bears are, are, are in a good position this year, but it's why a lot of their fan base was in such dire straits this offseason because – when they made that trade for Mac, right? Like quarterbacks are the only position where you're worth multiple wins a year, right? And so when you trade multiple picks for a player like Mac, it's a nice shiny trophy and he's a great football player. But ultimately when your quarterback flames out and you don't not only have the first round picks to draft another one, you don't have the ammunition to move up in the first round to take the actual one you want. That's a, that's a tough position to be in. And, and look, when you look at Kansas City, they went, they they saw Mahomes for years, and they said, "This is our guy." And even when his draft stock went up, they said, "Look, B- Buffalo, what do you want?" And they go third round pick, first round pick, next year first round pick to move up seventeen spots. Seventeen spots is not trivial at all. The Titans did the same thing. They moved up, I believe, with uh, to the second pick to get, or no, it was um, the Rams when they moved up with the Titans that one year. The Titans were bad with Mariota. They went from fifteen to two. Right, or 15 to one, yeah, 15 to one, and took a ton of players. But I don't think the Rams are really regretting that right now because you answer the, the best question. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they took a what, what many would consider a negative EV uh, decision and traded all the way up to two to get Wentz. Well, it worked out pretty well for them. They won a Super Bowl, and Wentz is probably a franchise quarterback for them. Like, you answer that question, as you said, Judd, and everything else is kind of like window dressing at this point. Yeah. And, and that's the really big problem with Minnesota is like, you know, the really smart teams, the the Chiefs, you know, even, you know, the you know, Eagles, like those teams concentrate all of the variance on one place. They make one bet, and that bet either goes bust or it doesn't. And the Vikings make a bunch of medium-sized bets that all have to all have to work for them yes. to win the Super Bowl, and the odds are just so far – you're in a 1-32 in situation anyway. You might as well, you know, make a 1-32 in bet once. And that and that's really like what the Vikings have failed to do for decades. Amen, dude. Standing ovation for that, Eric. That's a great way to end. Love it. We were gonna, we were gonna, what a breakdown. We were bringing Eric on for like 15 minutes, and we wound up going 30 and recklessly speculating. So we, 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 we,
these are the most fun years because it allows us to get back to first principles about the team. Yep. Bad does not mean boring. That's the thing to keep in mind. Yes. Amen. Uh, Eric, we're going to say goodbye to you, and we'll catch up again here down the road when we can see how many players the Vikings have actually traded. <laughs> All right. Take care, fellas. See you, man. All right. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Also worth noting before we say goodbye on this episode, uh, Daniil Hunter officially out for the season. Well, the Vikings aren't saying it, but Ian Rappaport saying, and I think Pelissero confirmed this too. Yeah. Yes, both of them reporting. Vikings, so the Vikings are saying it behind the scenes, probably. Yeah. And Tommy is as plugged in as anybody, you know, especially Vikings. He covered the Vikings for years with you. So, Viking star Daniel Hunter is having surgery to clean up a herniated disc, knocking him out for the rest of the season. Minnesota has a decision to make this offseason make Daniel Hunter the highest paid defender in football or trade him? Have we seen the last of him in a Vikings uniform eyeball emoji? So did they trade in Gakway in part because of the threat of that as well? Like, is this tied into to the fact that there was no way that they could pay both? And Ngakwe was going to, I mean, Ngakwe was going to ask for a lot. And so they know that they're going to have to restructure or redo Daniil's contract. I'm okay with restructuring Daniil's contract. You need that guy on this team if he's healthy. Well, I was going to say the most important to me thing is what is the surgery exactly and how does it go? That's a scary thing. And it's backs and necks are scary in football. Yeah, the question: Does he look to hold out? I mean, is this a Sidney Rice situation where it's like, like, oh, my hip hurts until you pay me? Is he gonna is he gonna not show up for training camp regardless of if Ngakwe was here or not? Yeah, that's how that reads. Yeah, it's uh, so. So right now, Daniel Hunter has he is under contract for a ton of money, but a ton of money relative to the rest of the Vikings roster, but not a ton of money relative to his value as a defensive player through 2023. So he, he signed a low-ball deal, good for the Vikings, but at some point, just to make him happy if he's healthy, I think you pay him $20 million a year and, and, you, and you figure out the roster in other places. That's the type of position I am okay overpaying for a great Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, I'm not going to overpay for a linebacker. The Anthony Barr contract is garbage. I'm done overpaying for non-elite quarterbacks. I'm but, sorry. But we it's all, not worth it. But we, we also have to decide and see what the Cousins contract situation is going to be because that becomes the most important thing. Like, if you're stuck with Kirk next year, th- that's going to change my philosophy a little bit about certain players because now I don't see that. I mean, Kirk's been so bad that it's not it's not like you, you'd say, you know what, he uh, it's fine. I have to see what their plan is with Kirk to see – not if the window is going to open, because I don't necessarily think that's the case, but just what's the philosophy here right now? This is going to be kind of fun, actually. This right? was actually... Lean into this, everybody. Hunter, this being, is great. Hunter being hurt and having surgery, don't get me wrong, that's bad news. But today has been good news. Subtracting Ngakwe is great, and Hunter not playing is just fine. It, I wish it, he didn't have a neck injury, but... Him, yeah, get healthy. Yep. Get ready to go. And and for anyone that's... you know, What are you guys... You're so negative. You're rooting for this. No... We want to see the Vikings do something they haven't done ever, which is win a Super Bowl. The road is currently closed. The current road they're going down is closed. Roads are closed. And Xavier Rhodes is awesome this year. Yeah, the roads have been closed again. (laughs) So, uh, by the way, I'm going to give you credit. Uh, Eric Eager did give you the, Judd, you hit the nail on the head with that point. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're going to give me credit for that? It's the good question, good point standings. I mean, he's telling you that's a good point. Okay. And so you have closed the gap. I now have 21 good questions or good points from guests on the season, and you have 20. Oh, we are I, neck and neck oh, here. Oh, this is a great race. It's going to be great. All right. Thank you. 
That's a wrap on this Reckless Speculation episode of Purple Daily. Please subscribe to our podcast, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and or our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast.